Kaden PR acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Kate and Co-PR, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Now, this is our season three finale. So firstly, just thank you so much for all your support over the past 10 episodes. We have had some awesome guests and they're all possible because of you lovely listeners. Since this is the last episode, we of course had to bring out the big guns. And today I am chatting to the very down to earth Nikki Phillips. Nikki is one of the top influencers and media personalities in Sydney, originally hailing from New Zealand as one of their greatest international models as she worked with amazing brands such as Dolce & Gabbana, Versace and Dior. Nikki is honestly such a breath of fresh air and I really enjoyed her takes on the influencer industry as a whole as well as how she deals with the media scrutiny. Now, enough from me, and let's get on to the interview. Nikki, firstly, thank you so much for joining us today on the Press Office with Kate and Co. PR. How are you? It's so lovely to catch up with you. Oh, my God, it's so good. I'm great. I'm gearing up for Christmas, and I'm excited. I've got three kids, so they the house is just full of excitement. Clearly, Alfie just arrived today, being the 1st of December, so... There's a lot of like laughter and excitement in this house at the moment. I was going to ask you if you do Elf on the Shelf. I've seen so many TikToks of parents doing it and I'm like, I definitely need to do this when I have kids. I wish I didn't, but I do. And, you know, every year I kind of regret doing it. Last year was great because he spent half his time in a jar in quarantine. So that was was good, but... Now I'm kind of feeling like I have to start being creative. So TikTok's actually the perfect place. There are some over-the-top parents and they, they go hard. I'm not that not that crazy, but, you know, he's he's definitely done a few things on the toilet and he's been fishing in the goldfish and, you know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where your elf ends up. Now, I like to ask all of my guests to quickly introduce themselves, what they do and how they got to where you are today. So I'm going to throw it straight over to you. This is always a hard one, isn't it? Okay. Well, obviously I'm Nikki Phillips. I was born and raised in New Zealand, if you haven't already gathered from the slight accent. Um, I left school um, early and actually travelled the globe as a model and was lucky enough to work for incredible renowned international designers and magazines and got to walk uh, runways for top designers also. I moved to Sydney in about 
oh, I think it was about 2003, for a job opportunity actually working as a model booker, so completely role reversal. Did that for a few years and then moved into PR and events, which a lot of people don't know. Um, And then I circled back actually and went to what I truly loved, which was modeling. And then Lucky I did because in about, I think it was 2008 to 2010, I was the face of ACP Magazine's 30 Days of Fashion and Beauty. And that saw me venture into, I guess, emceeing and the TV side of things and blogging, which back then in 2000 and, you know, sort of eight wasn't a thing. It didn't exist. So it was more like a diary of our behind the scenes of what we were doing at that time. And then I guess from blogging to breeding, (laughs) I'm now a mum of three beautiful kids and yeah, life is very chaotic. (laughs) You definitely sound very, very busy as a mum to three, a content creator, a media personality, a model. You also have your own kids hat brand and you're an accomplished MC. How do you do it all? (laughs) I'm the first to admit I struggle. Um, Most days I really do feel like Jack from the Titanic just trying to stay afloat. (laughs) Um, But you know what? I'm I'm the first to be very honest about my struggles and everything. I think that's so important nowadays with social media. So yeah, it's, it's definitely hard. But I guess the one thing is that I do what I love. You know, my job is actually something I genuinely love to do. And I work for myself as well. So I'm fortunate enough to, I guess, be able to create, create my own hours. And that is something that helps a lot and allows me to sort of wrangle the three kids and and keep the company afloat and keep me semi-sane. Semi-sane. That's always important. And I was going to ask you, and I know that every day would be completely different, but what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, I mean... No day is ever the same. And I'm sure any person, body, parent, mother can relate to that, as you said. But I guess it always starts at about 5 or 5.30 when the two boys jump on the bed. And I know that sounds like a ridiculous early time, but it's actually good because it's like an alarm clock and it allows me to escape and go and do like 20 minutes to myself of Pilates or Reforma. And getting it done at that hour of the morning is so good because you kind of are given, you know, these natural endorphins and you kind of feel motivated. And then from there, the eight-month-old will wake up dealing with the three kids, trying to get them all sorted for the day, um, breakfast and everything. So then it's either on to daycare or set up in like the playroom with activities or the nanny, depends what day it is. So once they're all sorted... It's then checking Rattle and Bones, which, as you said, was my kids' hat company. So I'll check there, see any orders, any emails, anything like that, stock take or send to the embroiderer. Obviously, a quick scroll through socials over my morning coffee. And then it's either, you know, it depends what the day is, but it's either writing or learning scripts. It's either sourcing looks from PR, prepping for events, shooting, editing. Like, the day's always a little bit different. But one thing I try to keep consistent is... About from 4 p.m. till 6 p.m., I switch off and I'm present with my kids. And that's the most important thing for me. That's my favorite job in the world. And we either, you know, we'll play or we'll do some coloring or we'll read books and, you know, I make them dinner. And it's just my time to to be a mum, you know, and I think that's so important. And that happens like every single day. Um, then normally after 6 p.m., it's either I'm off to a gig, I'm off to a job, I'm off to a hosting thing, or I'm immersing myself in a giant bubble bath with a very large glass of wine (laughs) and unwinding and having that little moment to myself. And 
me and my husband, we love movies. We're TV junkies. Like we really love watching movies. So for us, that's our time together as we hop into bed and we pick a movie or pick a TV show and we just, you know, immerse ourselves in that. But I do find myself turning my back and scrolling a little bit <laughs> on the old TikTok or Instagram, but I feel like we're all a bit guilty to that. Like I see, I'll roll over and like, you know, be watching a movie and say to my husband, how epic is this? And he'll be like, like flicking through podcasts or watching surfing videos and then I'm like, oh, okay, so then I pick up my phone. But, you know, it's like our time to kind of unwind and, you know, that it's, it's perfect. So that's kind of the day in a nutshell, you know. Everyone I think is such a dual screener now. Like it's so weird to me that I'm watching a movie but I'm also watching TikToks and my mind is in both places. I don't understand. I feel like we always kind of have to have that background Something going on in the background. We've become very like multi-talented in that respect. <laughs> exactly. And although you do seem really busy, it seems like you do have a nice work-life balance. Is that something that's really important to you? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like, you know, nowadays people only show these this really perfect or, you know, amazing side of things. And that that's not true. Like we all, you know, have our struggles and everyone's battling their own demons, whether it's, you know, whatever. So I just feel like finding that balance keeps me sane and keeps, you know, stops the anxiety or stops anything like that. You know, if you have a structure to what you're doing, you're you're mentally healthier for it. So I feel like having that balance helps me get through my days and helps me sort of try to conquer everything that's going on around me, which is a lot. It it does sound like a lot, but I definitely agree. It's so important to find that balance. Now, you did mention in your introduction that you started your career initially as a model. Was fashion something that was always a really big part of who you were? who you are yeah I mean I I definitely think it's it's been in the blood you know but I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure my Barbie dolls and their questionable haircuts and outfits when I was younger would probably say different or if you've kind of scrubbed up some photos of me in my teen years and my experimental years you'd probably be like she's in fashion but I mean I I guess that's the fun thing about fashion, right? It's um it's experimental, it's self-expression, it's forever evolving and you know, there's no limits or boundaries to it and I guess that's why I loved it so much being a creative person. Like there's no right or wrong. You just do you. But I did actually want to be a vet or a nurse as well growing up. Like I have I'm very I like helping people and and all that, but you know, I I did grow up with horses and 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 I soon found out that being a vet probably wasn't the best thing for me because, um, you know, there's a lot of sick animals and that's really my soft spot. Like I, I don't like that. But I never really could venture into that element because fashion sort of always took its um, took first place, I guess. It's really interesting to talk about, you know, the different paths that you can take because at any given moment, right, you could make a a snap decision that changes the course of your life and your career. Exactly. And I feel like that's really what happened for me because I was a big horse rider. And at one time I had about three horses and I was riding competitively for New Zealand. And I was like, this is where I'm going. I'm going to be a professional equestrian and, you know, then move into the veterinary side of things. Um, And then, I literally won a modeling competition and got given all these contracts overseas. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just take a year off and go do this. And, you know, if if anything had changed at that one point, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
And, you know, horses are always a big part of my life as well. And I hope to drag the family and the boys down to a farm one day and live there in my perfect little farm bubble, although my husband is petrified of any creature. So he's going to be the worst <laughs> worst person. But I will drag him to this farm life that I have and my little idea of the perfect farm life. <laughs> I trust that you can convince him. <laughs> give and take, give and take. <laughs> and now as a content creator, you continue to work with some amazing fashion brands and luxury lifestyle brands as well. Do you have any career highlights in this realm? It's funny because, you know, the older we get, I feel like you kind of forget a lot of things and it's not until um, I really sort of think back at how amazing my career has actually been and it's somewhat of a fairy tale and it's not until you get older and you actually look back and you're like wow like that's pretty amazing and you know just the other day I was um emceeing the launch of the new Range Rover Sport into Australia and that was like wow pinch me like I'm standing in front of all these people launching you know the most incredible car like this is incredible um but highlights for me okay there's you know Definitely walking for the likes of Dior and Versace um, and Dolce Gabbana alongside Giselle Bunchen back in my day. And this was just before she really became like the ultimate supermodel. And I think back at it now and I'm like, wow, this little Kiwi <laughs> was doing all these incredible things. And this was before the time of, you know, mobile phones or, you know, I. I had a calling card back then. I was traveling the world with a calling card to call my family every day to let them know I was still alive. I was buying map books um, in each country just to figure out where I was going. You know, I could, the only way I could take photos was literally by buying a disposable camera and snapping these memories. So to think back to myself, I'm so proud of myself for, you know, going over there and doing all of that at that time. Um, and I was so unaware but I was also very proud of what I was doing, but unaware of like actually what I achieved. And so to look back, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty amazed by my confidence back there and and the things that I did. But yeah, walking the catwalks, definitely. Like, come on, who can say that they walked for Dior Versace and Dolce Gabbana? Me, like amazing. You know, like, I still pinch myself. It's, it's like unbelievable. Me, of all people, me. That's honestly amazing. And now transitioning more into a role as an influencer, I can imagine you need to be quite picky with the brands that you work with in order to kind of sustain that authentic relationship with your followers. How do you decide what brands to work with? I mean, personally for me, it's about, um, you know, going and working with a brand that I know I like, I love, and I trust. If I don't know the brand, if I'm not familiar with it, it's about researching, you know. I'll research the product or the brand. And if it's a beauty product, I'll generally ask to be sent the product so I can trial it first to get to know it so that I can speak honestly about it. So generally from that sort of trial period, if it's something that I don't know, I'll then either choose to work, align myself with them, or I won't. So, you know, there's a lot of work that I'm given that I don't take because I don't feel like it's a good um, fit for me. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's important to create content that aligns yourself with the brand organically. Um, and, you know, a lot of people now, they can see that. You know, they can see your rawness, they can see your honesty, and they love that. So, 
it's, a, it's about not false advertising, about going with brands that you actually know and trust and being authentic, you know, creating products that you actually use and it, and it shows. You can definitely tell when an influencer is uh, really a fan of the products that they're promoting and they actually use it in their day-to-day life. And then I think also from the brand's perspectives, it's about finding those content creators that actually already engage with your brand and how you can work with them because those sort of of advertisements and endorsements are going to do better than something that just feels so random. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. There's nothing I get more excited about than if I'm an actual genuine customer of a, of a product or brand and then they approach me and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I love you. I love you. I've actually been using you. I, you know, like I, I really want to promote this. And obviously, you know, half the time I'm promoting stuff, I'm not getting paid for it. Just, I generally, I like the product and I want to, you know, want to tell other people about it. You know, there's <laughs> my eyebrows at the moment. I'm so excited because they're finally staying up. And I've tried so many products in the past and I've found this one product that works and I'm not getting paid by them or anything. I love them. So if anyone's like, how the hell are your eyebrows staying up? I'm like, you know what? Pears soap. I've heard that. And I was going to say your eyebrows do look amazing. So that is a great endorsement. I did spend a little bit of time on them this morning. I feel like time, I'm very time precious at the moment. So if there's one thing that I'm going to try and do, just look semi alive or awake, it's concealer and eyebrows. I feel like that just automatically frames the face to to look somewhat alive. Agreed. That's some great beauty tips that we're getting in this podcast. I love it. In terms of creating content, do you find it difficult to kind of keep up with all the trends and the changing platforms? Like, for example, I love TikTok, but also I hate TikTok. I find it is so much effort to create something for the platform. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very time consuming, isn't it? I mean, when it comes to trends, I don't really feel the pressure to keep up with them, but I, you know, I feel like you, you need to find your niche and just roll with it. But Taking the so-called trends, you've got to make them your own, and then it's it, then there's no pressure. But yeah, forever they're forever changing platforms, and you know there's new apps coming out, and it does become so tedious. Um, I barely have time for the three that I actually use, and one was being TikTok. Um, but we now live in a world that's so you know technical. It's the technology is so rapid and it's changing so fast. And, you know, sure, that's a part of my job to keep current, but I certainly don't feel the pressure. I feel like the moment you start to feel the pressure, you just, you start to hate your job. I feel like you just gotta, just gotta roll with it. And for me, the whole content side for TikTok is comedy because I feel like I'm a very goofy person. And this really came out in COVID because I was scrolling and I'd see this people, you know, sure, we were all locked in our houses and we were all going slightly a little bit batty. And maybe my true like goofy side came out as my battiness. But for me, it's almost like I just switch on roll and then I just act like myself and people tend to just like my stupidity. But yeah, there's no pressure, so to speak, but you know, it's, it is ever changing and you do have to keep up, but you just got to stay true to yourself at the same time. I think that's a great point. And especially with TikTok too, there's so many like little niches within the app. So you can kind of fall into a few different elements within it. Absolutely. But you know what I do love about all these platforms is seeing people's creativity. You know, you see a so-called trend go viral and you see these people making it their own. And that's what I love most about it is, you know, about this industry is 
everyone's got their own niche and, and they take things and make them their own. And then, that, then that, that's going viral and people are trying to keep up and it's like everyone's missing the point. Be you, you know, be you. Exactly. I totally agree. And with all of the glitz and glamour with your job, I know that there often can be a negative side to it as well from, you know, an increased public interest into your personal life or media scrutiny. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I I feel like this is something that I've grown up with my entire life. So maybe I have developed some sort of thick T-Rex skin to it all, (laughs) but I, you know, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I really had a taste of it. And that was back in 1998 when I won that modeling competition in New Zealand. And I was a little 14 year old girl and I was on this high. I was like, oh my gosh, this has happened to me, you know, like, wow. And the media basically told me I wasn't the first choice and I'd never make it. And, you know, there was all these things wrong with me and, you know, sure, they were probably right. But, you know, at the end of the day, it it was shattering my hopes and dreams as a little 14-year-old and you can't help but absorb it at that age. And that's one thing I wish I could go back and tell my younger self is, no, stay true to yourself, be confident, you know, trust yourself and everything will be fine. And that's one thing I've definitely learned over the years is is to believe in myself and stand by me and be proud of the things that I'm doing and achieving, even if the media says otherwise, you know, and they've, they've definitely loved to pull apart certain things along the way because maybe I am an oversharer, but I feel like there have been certain things in my life that I have really struggled with and the one thing that I found that got me through it was to be able to talk about it and in turn hear other people's stories. And we don't know what other people have been through unless you are open about it. Um, and, you know, you you sort of drop your guard down and then you do this and then, sure, there's backlash. But the only thing that matters to me is my family and what they think and what their opinion is and that I love myself and I'm confident and that's all that matters. So all the other stuff you know, you you just learn to turn a blind eye to it. And it doesn't stop me being open and talking about it because one thing that um, is, a, is a big thing for me, I, I had four miscarriages before our first child, Jet. And, you know, my husband and I really struggled over this time period, really, really struggled. And we started to talk to, our, you know, ourselves about it, each other. And then in turn, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be, outspoken about this and the moment I did oh wow I'm so glad I did because the stories I was getting from people helped me go through that time and in turn I hope that I'm helping people go through that because you know I remember all these failed pregnancies and all this heartbreak that I was going through and I was seeing people on Instagram announcing their pregnancies you know and that was the hardest thing I think I've ever ever had to deal with and I that's just such a vivid memory for me so I always remembered if, if I'm ever lucky enough to have a child, when that announcement comes, so is the story. Like it, it, this didn't just happen, you know, it, you know and, and sort of back people and give them confidence to, you know, back themselves and don't stop trying. And, you know, other people are going through this too and they're not alone. You should know that it is so important to be sharing those stories because as humans, all we're looking for is some 
sense of connection and we're never alone. There's so many people that have gone through and forged the path that we're trying to forge ourselves. So I think it is so important and thank you so much for being open on social media because I'm sure your story connected with just so many others. Yeah, I feel like, you know, there, there's a lot of falseness on, on social media. There's a lot of hiding the realness and everybody has issues. Everybody's going through their own struggles, no matter if it, you know, if it is pregnancy or if it's mental, you know, like there's so much going on at the moment that it's just important to be real, be honest and talk about it. And a lot of people can't talk about it. And I also understand that, but I feel it helps me talking about it. So that's what I choose to do. Mm. And your way of healing and, you know, trying to get through what is an awful time is also going to help someone else going through that awful time, even if they're not the one that's speaking, but just the person that's listening. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. I also cannot believe that you had to go through all of that scrutiny when you were so young as well, when you were 14 years old. To me, it is always just really wild to think that when I eventually have kids, when they're in high school, they'll be on all of these social media platforms that didn't even exist when I was in high school. And thank God for that. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's where I have definitely been fortunate. I didn't have any of the social media when I was going, you know, when I was traveling abroad or going sort of through these big things in my life. I didn't have that. So I feel like I got away, you know, very, very scot-free from it. And I'm very fortunate as well to have the most incredible followers that just are so supportive and, and really back me. I don't have any negative or, you know, sort of bullying people on my platform. And I maybe that's because I don't promote that. I, 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 you know, I won't allow that. But um, yeah, it's it's scary to think now that I've had, you know, my three beautiful children, I fear that, you know, I really do. What's it going to be like for them? What are they going to have to endure um, seeing what people are going through now with social media and, and that sort of negative, you know, everybody can be scrutinized now. It's not just, you don't just have to be in the media everyone can be scrutinized for the most stupidest things holding a coffee cup and then a kid playing in the background and then people start attacking you for that or you know just everybody loves an opinion and it's scary to think that your kids are growing up with that it goes back to what you said um, before about really having that sense of self-love and a strong sense of who you are to be able to overcome that. Because I think when I was in high school, I had no idea who I was. I would have struggled if I was on TikTok then. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I think, you know what, one thing that I, I used to laugh at was these affirmations. But now having kids, I feel like they're so important, you know, and I think bringing those affirmations up and doing them with your kids, it's like, it's cute. And it makes them learn to really love themselves and back themselves because the things that they have to endure already, like in the playground or making new friends, like my, my eldest starts school next year, I'm petrified for him, you know, but making sure that he's comfortable in his own skin. And, you know, that that's the most important lesson we can we can give them is back yourself you will definitely be a great example of how to get through the negativity otherwise i'll be that crazy mother <laughs> defending them in the comments in terms of your role as an influencer i'm putting that in quotation marks yeah that word also has a few negative connotations 
What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's, it's a, this is a very interesting question. I mean, I do feel that um, there are a lot of negative connotations attached to, I guess, like every job nowadays. <laughs> but sure, there was a certain stigma behind influencer. I do feel that this is slightly dissolved in a way now. I mean, back in the day, millions were jumping on the bandwagon at one point, weren't they? And it was almost they were either loving the instant fame, the instant attention, the likes, the followers, the brand attention. Um, social media sort of became like this reward cycle and it was such a strange mentality. And I feel like the more people got it, the more people craved it. You know, they they wanted the likes, they wanted the followers. It's like It was like a popularity contest. And it's it was so dangerous, for, you know, when it first kind of happened. But I feel like it's dissolved in a way that, People are either realizing the work that's actually involved and behind it, um, the scrutiny, as you said before, that they can receive from being, you know, out in the open and an open book, I guess, Um, or brands maybe are now like boycotting or diverting um, due to the realization of, you know, a lot of people buying followers or a lot of people um, expanding in their numbers for the wrong reasons. I mean, you know, brands are now doing their homework and aligning themselves with people that suit organically and naturally and vice versa. You know, talent is doing the same things. I mean, you know, a brand isn't going to align themselves with, you know, someone that just bears all in their images and by bears all, I mean, you know, teeny tiny bikinis. You know, they're not going to be someone that does you know, they're not going to have the followers that are interested in the beauty content or, you know, a cooking content or anything like that, are they? Their followers are going to be like, hang on, whatever. <laughs> well, that's not what we want to see. But um, I feel like, you know, the people that you see excelling in the so-called influ- influencer market now are actually people who have been in the industry for a while. So you're, you're seeing a lot of magazine editors, you know, you're seeing a lot of beauty journalists, you're seeing a lot of media, media personalities, people that have always been involved in the fashion industry. You're seeing extreme creative minds and people with genuine love for what they do and that sort of natural approach to it all. They're the people that are really excelling. Um, and I feel like because of that, that stigma is dissolving a lot, which which is good because it's hard work. You know, back in the day, I was just a model. And I say just a model, like it's not just a model, but all I did was stand in front of a camera. Nowadays, you are the model or the actor. You're the videographer, the photographer. You are the director. You write your own stuff. You know, you're coming up with these brands, you know, the, the, the ideas, the creative side for the brands. And then not on top of that, you're also doing all the editing. You're doing like, you know, all, you're, you're technically the brand ambassador or spokesperson. Like there's a lot behind this one video or image that you're seeing. And I feel like people who are excelling in that, it's actually a job title. And all these other people that are coming in trying to get a little bit of it realize that. And so it's not going to last. So I feel like in, in a good way, it's dissolved. I agree. I think that 
people who are within the industry realize how much hard work it actually is, especially for those people that do have a really engaged audience, being able to find out who your target market is. You're your own brand, essentially, your brand managing. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, it's, but it, I mean, I guess it's like any job. People will look from the outside and be like, oh, they're a stylist. That's amazing. That's so easy. All they do is generally go shopping and then get somebody dressed. And then when you actually spend a day in their shoes, you're like, oh my God, this is so hard. You know, like like any job, you, you actually st- spend the day in their shoes and you're like, wow, okay. I didn't realize that all of this is what, you know, leads to that that one thing that just, you know, everyone thinks is so easy. So I feel like every title, every job always has that, you know, around it. So there is always positives and negatives with any job. And with that in mind, for anyone listening who goes, no, I still want to be a content creator. I want to be the next Nikki Phillips. What is your advice on where to get started? Oh yeah, that that's a hard one. I mean, you know, I, I feel like firstly, you need to make sure that you yourself are grounded, you know, and that you have the confidence to back yourself and love and understand the craft or your passion. I think that's the main things in order to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. But, you know, I um, I love my job because I'm constantly sort of adding on to my craft, so to speak. I'm, I'm always learning how to make myself better in what I do. And I think that's what I love about it most. And I, I feel I do best when I hear criticism does that make sense so I actually love criticism when it comes to what I do in my job because I feel like the only way that you can take that is by bettering yourself taking it on making a mental note and bettering yourself so I feel like you have to know how to take criticism and you have to know how to make that work best for you but when it comes to the job in general you know what you have to have a love for fashion, you have to have a love for the industry, the creative side of things. There's so many elements to it. But the thing I love most about my job is, is actually the TV side of, and the emceeing side. And people, when I say that, they're like, you like standing up in front of people and talking? I'm like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you know why? Because it gives me this feeling. And it's like the moment I'm about to step on stage, I get this feeling, like this adrenaline rush. And it's like the best feeling in the world. And it's because I know that in that moment, I'm putting myself in a place that, you know, is, I guess, like, I don't know the word, but, you know, it's it's pushing myself to, to another boundary. And I love that. I love being able to push myself within my career. So I guess anyone wanting to do what I do... <laughs> Good luck. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. But you know what? I feel like if you want to do it, go for it. Have no boundaries. Just go all out. I love that. Thank you for sharing that advice. And you, you touch on the fact that you love TV and emceeing. What is next for you? What does 2023 look like for Nikki Phillips? Well, hopefully, um, hopefully a lot. <laughs> I mean, as I said before, I love to continue like evolving my brand and my portfolio and with the companies that I work with and I host for an MC. Um, I do really love the TV aspect of my job and I'd love to sort of do more of that. I feel like I haven't been able to because the kids you know, three under five, they've been so young and I haven't been able to sort of do long stints with productions. But 
love to venture more into that for 2023. And obviously just like co-designing, you know, working on those design skills and collections with different brands and things like that. The lucky thing about my industry is there's there's no stopping it. You know, it keeps evolving every year. Um, And that's what I love most about it. You know, it's you never know what's around the corner. You never know how you're going to be pushed. And, you know, I, I just love that. I love the creativeness of it and being able to push myself into new little realms. Well, I personally can't wait to see what you do next year. And just quickly, I have to ask a little selfish question. How do you find best working with a publicist such as myself? Yes. Well, one, you're lovely. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I guess, you know, PRs, they're so important in our industry. They, They really are, you know, through... Through them, you get introduced to brands. You're able to, you know, source logs, build build an incredible client base, contacts within work, but also building um, reputation because, you know, once I get to know you, you get to know me, we know sort of our strengths and that can be beneficial to me and you guys putting me towards clients or, you know, getting to know an understanding of me and vice versa. I just feel like, PRs are epic and you guys have a hard job and so do we. And combining our powers is just really beneficial, as I said. And how would you suggest a publicist to start building a relationship with someone such as yourself? I feel like nowadays we hide behind our social media and we don't kind of use the old school tactic of just going in and being forceful and introducing, you know. And I feel those old tactics are so powerful in getting to know somebody and and, and understanding. So reach out on social media, DM, but then organize coffee, organize a meeting, get to know each other, brainstorm, you know, do those kind of things because in turn you're going to work best when everything's equal. Do you know what I mean? If you know what I want and I know what you want, it's going to be a very powerful like little collaboration, little relationship. So I totally agree with that. And I have had such a lovely, lovely time chatting to you, but I only have five quick fire questions left for you, which makes me sad. This is, this, this is the, probably the thing that's giving me the most anxiety. I'm like, oh, no, that's a big fast. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? No, but yes. <laughs> coffee or tea and how do you take it? Oh, coffee, flat white. Emails or phone calls? Emails. I know that's bad because it contradicts what I just said, but for me, with everything going on, I just find it easier to be able to answer in my own time. What is your screen time? <sighs> I actually looked this up about three days ago because I've been really trying to monitor it, but and it wasn't. Well, I didn't think it was bad. I think it was about four, just over four hours, which I thought was pretty good considering it's technically what I do for a living. Yeah, it's your job. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good, but is that bad? I don't know. What's your screen time? (laughs) Mine's like five to six hours half the time. So you're fine. What is your most used app? You know what? I'd probably definitely say it would be Instagram, closely followed by like InShot for editing and my the the kids daycare app because I'm like a full mum stalker. That sounds like a fun app. Yeah. And then TikTok. But I'm like you, I get like, it gets a little tedious sometimes. And what is your typical day in media consumption? Oh, that's a good one. Ah, sporadic. Um, I do, well, I mean, I'm I'm on it all day, obviously, because it's what I do. But I guess evenings, like downtime, I'm I'm the junkie. 
yeah yeah normally wine and then it's like (laughs) yeah that's the evening I love it well thank you so much for joining me today Nikki I really appreciate it no it's been fun you asked some good questions it got my got me going brain hasn't worked like this in a while so thank you (laughs) I'm glad to hear thank you Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.